0: Previously on my best friend's journal. Can we just talk really quickly about the gift that is a big fat ass framed by a jockstrap ballet dancer butts? I mean, talk about make me weak in the knees.
1: I also remember writing in this contest, uh, but my subject was um, Gerald Ford and the courage he showed by pardoning Nixon. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh, God, how big is this dildo? It's huge. So I put it in my roommate's room with her permission, moved out. She sent me a picture and was like, thank you, forgot something. (laughs) September 12th.
0: That's my birthday.
1: (laughs) Why are you so disappointed?
0: Because there was no recognition in your eye when I said September 12th. You got an offer at Blossom for Dogs to Pay Acapella Midwest Tour. Gonna have to cancel Disney. Feel like this show won't get together in time. More choreo at night. My God, they're working you to death. This is not a union contract.
1: L O L. Buster and I have been like very flirtatious, very openly, and like everyone's like aware, uh-huh. and they are all also aware that he has a boyfriend. So it's like a little awkward.
0: I'm sure you could cut the sexual tension with a knife, For just like the sure. Taco Bell farts in that van. Five years ago, he got a book to hold my private thoughts. And now we're gonna take a peek Grab a drink! Or smoke some pot Your private thoughts read aloud How does that make you feel? I don't remember what I wrote This shit might get too real Nothing here is sacred I'm haunted by my past it's called my best friend's journal. Let's start this
1: damn podcast. Let's sing this theme a little longer first. Is someone's no. favorite podcast? Yes, and?
0: Hello, and welcome to my best friend's journal, The Summer Hours.
1: The Summer Hours, I love it. It feels so, um, professor vacationing in Tuscany. (laughs) Oh, oh, yeah. How is Tuscany, by the way? (laughs) Never had any complaints. I don't know. (laughs) 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 Something like that. Uh, Um, Hi, Sugar,
0: how are you? Oh, good. Oh, Sugar. That's (laughs) so sweet. I'm good. Thanks. How are you, Mikey?
1: (laughs) Couldn't come up with anything sweet, so he goes, Mikey. Um, (laughs) how are you Mm, uh, michael wessels (laughs) i am great i uh i saw some live entertainment this week which felt um it lifted my spirits it filled my soul to be amongst others enjoying the same thing at the same moment you know
0: well tell me all about it what'd you go see
1: um i saw wait wait don't tell me the npr news quiz i'm mike wessels how dare you plug another podcast (laughs) Well, I saw it live. I mean, how many of us go and see podcasts? It's a pretty niche thing. But yet, there was a big audience. Before I move forward, this is actually my gayest moment of the week. Gay, 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 gay. So, I went on a date to this uh, live production, um... Honestly, it was an accidental date because I was trying to find someone who enjoys Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me because it feels like a hard (laughs) ask to bring someone to like a niche podcast as like, a. I mean, it's it
0: is a huge, huge, huge radio show. But I guess like if people aren't NPR people, they wouldn't know about it. Right?
1: Right. So anyway, I was like, Hey, listen, um, I know this isn't you've never heard this, but it's really fun, and I explained why. I actually sent him an episode um, featuring Simone, the RuPaul's Drag Race's most the latest <gasps> Shut queen. Shut up! <laughs> Simone was on as a guest. She was like two months ago or something, but I sent that one very specific episode to him to be like, "Look, uh-huh. it's great. It's gay."
0: <laughs> Just that one time. That's
1: amazing.
0: I I'm trying to picture Peter Segel interviewing Simone and it seems very bizarre I'm gonna go have to like hunt down that episode
1: I don't remember it being like the most titillating interview ever but it was just really fun to have a drag race winner on there sure but Peter Sagal is good with everyone he's a very good interviewer and I'm very impressed with how he can he speaks to he speaks to everyone with the same interest and sincerity regardless of like who they are what they do and I think that's very Mm -hmm. impressive Um, yeah he's
0: a great host oh he would be a good Jeopardy fill-in
1: oh he would he'd be great well too late for that Mike fucking Richards uh anointed himself anyway. I'm sorry, what? Is there a new host? So when they were first looking for the new host Jeopardy, they did a full, like, they tried out a bunch of different celebrities, but the very first one was Mike Richards. He's a producer on the show, and the story was, they it was last minute, they didn't have someone to fill in, so he was just like, I'll do it. Um, and then they had a bunch of really great qualified candidates try it out for the last few months, and then recently... It's been said that Mike Richards is doing it, and it feels a little shady that the producer of Jeopardy was like, well, the only person who can fill this role is me. Um, Wow. Took his moment, didn't he? Kind of a bummer, because honestly, he wasn't even in my top eight. I don't even know how many there were, but... (laughs) And there were only eight. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think there was like 12 or something. I don't know, but he... I mean, whatever. Oh, shit. Here we are back on Jeopardy. I can't help myself. Um, you can well,
0: we are talking about a news quiz, so it's not a very far leap. Anyway, please continue.
1: So, let me get to the gayest moment of it all. When we're planning the evening, we were first thinking about, like, bringing a picnic, bringing some wine, and then uh, we both thought this we This was re-
0: in, like, an amphitheater or something? It's yeah. usually in an auditorium. It's a,
1: yeah, a, like an indoor-outdoor um, theater, you know, one of those. Um, With lawn seats and shite? Yeah, like Tanglewood's a very famous one, that kind of, that kind of mm, idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we were planning on bringing a picnic, and we looked online, and it seems like we couldn't do that. So we we're like, "All right, we'll just have dinner before and get a drink there, and whatever." We get there, literally everyone and their mother has a fucking picnic. Like people are fucking barbecuing charcuterie plates, full <laughs> cocktail bars. I was like, "Son of a bitch!" Um, they were
0: barbecuing charcuterie plates.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did Sounds not know how to do it. Very melty, but it was fine. We're like, you know what? Who cares? We know for next time, and this is still fun. We lay out a rainbow towel just to be perfectly conspicuous um, in front of in a good little spot of grass that we were surprised with claimed a we, single
0: towel for two
1: people were you spooning the whole night it was a beach towel um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and uh we struck up a conversation with the people behind us and before we know it um there is this like group of i don't know maybe 10 people and most of them were like quite southern thick southern accents now mind you wait wait don't tell me is like a pretty liberal show you're generally going to be liberal if you listen to this show so i was not worried about um I don't know, being conspicuously gay in this place, but I feel like the Southerners who were chatting with us were worried that they would be perceived as, uh, uh, you know... Small-minded, homophobic. (laughs) So they were... Like, they
0: overcorrect.
1: <laughs> overcorrected. We were obviously gay. We have our rainbow <laughs> towel. They were like, "Oh my god, hi. How are you? It's so lovely to see you. Here's some of our." Sh-. They literally handed us their charcuterie plate. They threw over like <laughs> chips at us. They're like, "We have wine. Do you want some wine? We've also got beer. Let's see what else." We we've spoken oh to these people for a minute and they were throwing everything that, that is happened some southern us. hospitality right it there. It was it was really sweet, but I do feel that it was only because we were very very clearly gay and they were trying <laughs> to prove that they uh were not homophobes. They
0: wanted to make you feel welcome. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. I will take an overcorrection as opposed to an undercorrection any day.
1: Yeah, not at all. I, I had a great time. I was really loving. Um, You know, it's rare nowadays that I get a chance to kind of, like, schmooze with strangers and turn on the old charm, you know? Uh-huh. It's nice oh, yeah. to, like— he, he
0: does love to give them the old razzle-dazzle foot.
1: <laughs> I do. Well, I was, like, joking with them. You know, I'm willing to make pretty risky jokes right away, and they landed, and that uh-huh. was always fun. It's yeah. just nice to, like, it's... practice socializing with strangers in a, an appropriate venue as opposed to, you know— Uh, When I'm in a professional venue,
0: it's like, Hey, I've been working on some new material. Do you guys mind if I try it on you before the show starts?
1: (laughs) Anyway, just being, uh, being the subject of the overcorrection being, uh, you know, someone's reason to show their open mindedness felt, felt very Uh, gay.
0: (laughs) It was, you were the little gay court jester at the, at the amphitheater. I really appreciate that about you. Uh, how about you? What was your gayest moment? Well, listen, mine is very, very similar. Um, mine was kind of a surprise gayest moment. So a couple nights ago, we went to um, Vail with some friends. Our friend Kristen is actually from there. She grew up there, graduated from Vail High School. Can you imagine like a bougier place to grow up? Um, anyway, like many like ski mountain towns, it has a whole different personality in the summer and it's really gorgeous. Like, you know, it's just in this incredible valley surrounded by Aspens and all like the, you know, mountains and um it's it's remarkable so we get there and the reason we were going is that this is how it was described to me peter said we're going to a concert slash music festival with our friends I was like okay great who's playing he's like i don't know kristen loves to go it's one of her favorite things we're just going to go along cool so we have a we booked a hotel in in town we show up there um it wasn't a music festival per se. It was the Vale Dance Festival. Um, and the Vale Dance Festival is apparently, like, renowned. It was headlined by, like, all of the principal dancers from American Ballet Theater and New York City Ballet. Like, all these mm. very recognizable names. Like, Tyler Peck, uh, was she was out there doing it all. She did, like, three numbers and had the crowd going crazy. I have not seen that level of dance on any stage other than a professional ballet. It other than in my remarkable. living room with me. <laughs> yeah, other than... <laughs> other than when... Me after when a couple Really hits. turns it on. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, it was it was remarkable. And because it was a dance festival, it was like all these different pieces, you know? So, like, different choreographed pieces. There were some, like, very modern. It was very ballet heavy. Um, anyway, the... Gayness just abounded I mean it was like you know it's a fucking dance festival and very similar to yours it's like a um, it was in the Gerald Ford amphitheater <gasps> um, Gerald
1: Ford uh, talk about a profile in courage you know I uh-huh. still think him pardoning Nixon so we could all just kind of move on is still <laughs> one of the most courageous things the president has ever done <laughs> sorry I had to anyway sorry you were also
0: in an amphitheater we were at the front of the lawn sitting on big picnic blankets, drinking wine with our friend and her mom and her soon-to-be husband, and it was just really fun. Um, and I was super enchanted by the dancing that was going on. And I was especially super enchanted by the men in tights. I mean, come on, ballet butts? What's better than a ballet butt? Very little. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was yeah, it was just stunning. And there were um there were a couple like really traditional ballet pieces. There was um Prokofiev's Romeo and Juliet, and then there was also Black Swan, and Black Swan was one of the coolest things I've ever seen.
1: That's the Black Swan movement from Swan Lake.
0: And Black Swan was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Was Alyssa um, Edwards the headliner there? <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's the gayest moment. Um, no, the the male dancer in the Romeo and Juliet was wearing like tr- traditional like tights and like the blousey blouse. I don't know, <laughs> like peasant top. Kathy Ireland. Yeah. His ass was so. High and huge. It's like his ass had biceps. Like there was oh like a God. whole separate side of his ass that I had like never seen develop. Like it was so big and enchanting. I was just like <laughs> hypnotized by this ass as it spun around the stage for 20 minutes. Oh my God, Mike. It was religious it was really wow really incredible. so
1: what a description also was the ass yeah. attached to the man because you said the ass just spun around and i have him no like, idea Actually, <laughs> couldn't even see couldn't oh. see
0: couldn't pick that guy out of a crowd didn't look at his face once <laughs>
1: could you pick him out by his ass
0: oh 100 i mean that is uh, like that ass is second to none for sure i mean it was speck Glutacular. Mm, Glutacular. Um, may have taken a video or two. Anyway, um, it was... <laughs> posted on GayMailTube.com. <laughs> it was a really, really beautiful evening of dance. It was super gay. Um, and we had a, a beautiful time. So 10 out of 10 would recommend Veil Dance Festival.
1: Sounds like that ass alone is worth the price of admission. All right. So before we get into the journal, Cam, do you have some uh, content recs you want to share?
0: Um, I do. And it's like not even remotely of a moment because season two of this show just came out um that's kind of why i'm watching it um i recently finished ted lasso i think i mentioned months ago that i'd watched a couple episodes it's like very straight very sports focused i was like not nearly as hooked as most of the people that recommended it to me, like seemed to want me to be. Uh, I didn't like find it that charming the first couple episodes. However, um, season two just came out. We're seeing the family next week and they all want to binge it together. So they were like, please finish season one so we can all watch season two together. I was like, okay, fine. I'll watch Ted Lasso. Um, I restarted it and I got to tell you, it becomes so delightfully charming. Hmm. I was so absolutely like, I don't know. Um enchanted, I guess, with this show. The writing is very funny. It becomes very um like British because it's I mean it's it's in England and it's like some of the British characters really start to shine and there's just such a heart to that show. Um I binged probably the last 6 episodes over two nights and just absolutely couldn't take my eyes away. Loved it so much. Like really brought my spirit up. Uh I can't recommend it highly enough, and now I'm very excited for season two. And there's not even a damn gay thing about it. Um, well, it's
1: been uh, uh recommended by consistently by a lot of people for a long time because apparently it does this yeah. really good job of sort of bridging the gaps in humanity and 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 speaking to a lot of different people just for its like pure unadulterated kindness.
0: Yeah, and Jason Sudeikis is great in it, and the I mean the the female leads are, are remarkable and so just sweet and charming and witty and funny and it like it's very irreverent too like some of the humor gets like pretty like dirty you know which you don't necessarily expect from the show that's all about like heart it's still probably rated m for mature because of like some like dirty raunchy jokes and foul language so it's just it walks that line very well of being full of heart and still adult enough to make it feel like it's not pandering to like you know it's not like a pg movie Mm -hmm. um it was just really good i i like it and i am excited about season two um so sorry for that recommendation a full year late but you know it is what it is
1: i mean i still haven't watched it so uh, maybe now this based on your recommendation i will doubt it is it apple tv plus
0: it's apple tv points, then yeah. i
1: never will goodbye um <laughs> so <laughs> my recommendation this week is something that you recommended a while ago that i finally got on actually because you brought it back into my purview like last week big magic by elizabeth gilbert uh, her book oh fuck yeah man i just listened to it i finished it in two days which man in and of itself is a treat because as we know it took me three months to listen to my last <laughs> audiobook a little life so two days of a book was very satisfying, um, and it just— It's a little five-and-a-half-hour read. It's so digestible. Yeah, well, read, it would take me much longer but to listen to. By, yeah, By read, I do mean listen, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> it just it speaks about a creative living and how, like, kind of a guide to um, being a creative person, whether or not it's what you choose to do for your career.
0: I love how she approaches creativity as something that is innate to humanity, and these things are hand-in-hand. Hand. It's not, like, only for people that are, you know, writers, singers— graphic artists, whatever, like these are, um, this is not a book that is only written for people that, that are like innately creative or consider themselves creative. It's not just for writers or singers or dancers. It's for anyone. I think a doctor could take a lot away from this book, like Mm -hmm. someone with a very scientific mind. It's just like kind of acknowledging the creativity that is innate to you as a human and doing with it, uh, what you, what you can to make it, um, to make it worthwhile and to make it kind of, um, enhance your human experience i don't know it mm. just it's the closest thing to going to church that i can like in my very agnostic life like very like recommend it's not actually spiritual but it's like a just woo enough that it like it kind of makes you think of things a little bit outside the black and white realm of of like a very structured mind does that make
1: sense yeah it, and it is pretty woo woo. and there is a, a chapter on like what she calls divinity and she doesn't mean that in a religious way it's like a you know a creative divinity but there. are the woo-woo almost threw me at points. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, like sometimes um, the more woo-woo we can get, <laughs> I can't say woo-woo too fast, woo-woo, um, <laughs> the the further I can get from like the groundedness of it. And then I start to not buy it, but it teetered that line well. And I, it, I stayed with it. Um, I think it's just kind of the way Elizabeth Gilbert sees life and is, and that's like, she, you know, she's filtering her message through her life experience and sometimes it comes out woo-woo, but I still think it is, very grounded and uh, can apply to even, like you said, a doctor or someone who does not find themselves in that woo woo realm very often. Yeah. That is one of
0: the things I love about it so much. I feel like every sentence in that book is polished. You know what I mean? There's no fluff. It's like very focused. Um, and so it is a quick listen. It's also a quick read. Like it's one of those that you just. I feel like that every sentence is kind of a nugget of wisdom. And every time I I revisit it, I've now listened to it three times. I take away something new. Mm -hmm. Um, and I kind of take away whatever I, I feel like I need at that moment. Um, and I just, I, I really, really love it. I think that it's just a, a really special kind of book that um, no matter what I'm facing in my life or no matter what I, like, no matter where I am with my own personal creativity, I take away something that I feel like I can really run with.
1: I agree. I'm really glad you recommended it. And speaking of books containing just nuggets of wisdom, or I guess just nuggets. Oh, do we always get here? <laughs> <laughs> because that's what the podcast is called. It's My Best Friend's Journal. You know, we should have called it My Best Friend's Beautiful, Excellent, Amazing, Stunning Nugget of Wisdom Journal. Mm-hmm. Nugget of something. <laughs> nuggets, for sure. Okay. My best friend's nuggets. Yikes.
0: <laughs> All right, welcome back. Here we are, February 3rd, 2017. Where are we?
1: February 3rd. Ah, uh, my friend who who I left the dildo in her room that her mom found. Her birthday's February second, uh-huh. so I'm sorry I missed that. Happy birthday! <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that you know her birthday just off the top of your head. It's so
1: random. I so I wished her a happy birthday this past year, um, and we don't like speak that often, but like it's one of those birthdays that just sticks. I have a hard time with everyone's birthday, even my family. Like I have to really think about think about it or look it up, but hers just like I always remember. I don't know why. When's mine? Quick, so, September eighth. Fast. No. Ninth. <sighs> No. Oh, it's a 10th, 12th. <laughs> <Twelfth>. No. <laughs> Kix, Kix is the 8th, and I got confused. <laughs> oh, fifth time's the charm. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, come on. It, right. just, it was too quick. I got stressed, and Kix's birthday is first, <laughs> and that, I named his, his is the 8th, and I'm sorry. You're both my Virgos. May 31st. You're both my mm-hmm. Libras. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fuck yourself. February 3rd. Second show and filmed a stupid puppet thing for NBC. Oh wait, no, you never told us where we were. So it's not dildo friend's birthday, but what were you doing in the journal? Sure,
1: she'll appreciate that title. Um, I was. Uh, we just finished rehearsal. dildo breath. <laughs> no, that's strictly reserved for me. Um, we we just began. I don't know if we've done a show yet, but we did our first like clinic with high school kids. We are. Either we're at the very end or have just finished our rehearsal process, which um hasn't been delightful. Rehearsal process for what show? The Dogs to Pay. Ah, thank you. Yeah.
0: I just like it, like it when you say it. Okay. So on February third, you had your second show, so apparently you did have your first one, and filmed stupid puppet thing for NBC.
1: Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Remember last week when I said that uh every so often? Someone would just be like, oh, we need a Justin Bieber medley. Whip one out. We didn't have one. So so this is one of those uh-huh. examples. Um, I guess NBC had some thing where they needed some acapella puppet thing. I couldn't even tell you what the fuck it meant. We didn't have puppets. We were just singing some music that I guess would be sung by puppets at some point. Truly, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> um, we had we had about, like I don't know, 30 minutes on lunch once to learn a puppet medley. And I'm pretty sure it was like... 90s, it was like a Paula Abdul, New Kids on the Block, something. Songs that I'm already not like super familiar with, so um, it was uh, a really, really good product, and NBC is currently working a new show around it. Mm-hmm, I bet, I bet, yeah. <laughs>
0: Um you followed that gem of a line up with upset at how unorganized and overwhelming all this bullshit is. Second show is much better, but whole thing is still a mess. Feel like we're gonna be hearing that a lot, yeah?
1: Well, it's a it's a two hour show that we barely have under our belts, and we're getting thrown new shit at us that I'm that like I'm like, you gotta just focus. You can't take on so much stuff. Like rein yeah. it in so we can do one thing well instead of a thousand things, pretty shitty. It's
0: wise. Those are wise words. Um you did Right in the margins here that you laid with Buster as we fell asleep, but slept separately and was sad.
1: Feels intimate. I don't like that. Just, um, <laughs>
0: just laid your boner gently on his thigh as he drifted off.
1: Hot dogging. Oh, it wouldn't quite be hot dogging. <laughs> hot dog bunning. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, no, this is this is pretty much the extent of what it is. Uh, that's not true. Until it's not. <laughs> I don't believe you for a second. <laughs>
0: February 4th, day off at house, went to Madison to see more acapella. God, why? Love yourself.
1: <laughs> I didn't have a choice, man. It was that uh, we were dragged to this, like, there was, like, an acapella festival or something. And so after we finished doing a all Sounds awful Yeah, we went and watched some more aca-nonsense.
0: <laughs> more cappella nonsense episode title. Um, I
1: wasn't even in the acapella group in college. Like, I was never... I, uh, it's just not... You got to really be an Aka lover oh, no. to to Aka do I'm, this.
0: <laughs> I'm just imagining you as Ben Platt in uh, Pitch Perfect, just like so into it. <laughs> mm-hmm, that's me. Let's see here. So after you saw more Acapella because you have no self-respect, Buster slept <laughs> over, but not in my room. Cuddling with him is the most wonderful. We oh. talked about our feelings for one another. Oh. Wish he was single. It kills me. Oh, oh God. my God. We're getting real.
1: Oh, that's so real. Okay. I'm going to fight through my discomfort. And allow this uh-huh. to remain in the episode. <laughs> um, I yeah, that's kind of sweet. We didn't really really do anything, but it was like this is the this is the second time in my life at this point that this thing has happened, where it's like he has made it very clear that he feels the same way, and we're like very very attracted to each other, and like really seem to click very well. But he has a boyfriend he really cares about. Like it's not. Is he still with that boyfriend? He is, and I mean, I do. I think this is a good example of like you can have strong feelings for several people at one time and mean them both, you know? I don't think... Totally, yeah. Love is so restrictive. Not that what this was was love, but his love for his boyfriend and some whatever his feelings were for me. Um, well, you may have loved him. I don't... I don't know. I think that's pretty hard to put You've a known finger him for on. you for a week or so. <laughs> a week, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on February um,
0: 5th. Bar Hopton Madison for Super Bowl. Yikes. I think I could marry Buster. Oh, my Never God. Never thought that about before about someone i hate this figures i hate this so
1: much (laughs) um (laughs) that's embarrassing why why do you
0: hate that you have feelings like a human being because it's been like two weeks it
1: feels non nonsensical um hey the heart wants what the heart wants how quickly i feel like there's maybe two people in your life you thought you could have married how quickly did you know that about them
0: not very quickly um the marriage thing has always like freaked me out i didn't even know that i wanted to get married. So like that was a, um, I knew very quickly that I was interested in that person and that I really liked them and wanted to spend time with them. Um, that's for, I've been in three long-term relationships and all three times very quickly. I was like, yeah, I like this person a lot. I want to continue spending time with them, but I'm not like a, I'm not very, um, spontaneous with my feelings as far as like making a huge commitment or like wanting to get (laughs) married like that, that like is a thing that I think should take time if you're going to make a long-term decision like that. Yes. And like my the way that my brain works, I just want to take the time that it takes. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'm hearing your words and thinking about my actions. Um, I must be just pretty enamored. I don't think I'd actually mean that it feels like a very naive thing to write um it must just mean these are feelings i don't feel very often so that's where i jump to you know um but but there's there's something to be said for the you know like looking at the way that
0: you felt though like i you don't say i think i want to marry him you said i think i could like this is someone i could see myself in a long-term relationship with and i don't think that's wrong or bad or even like impulsive i just think you're saying like i really like this guy i could like i could see myself with him and that it it doesn't mean that you're in love it just means that you
1: see something in
0: him that really intrigues you and gets you excited I think that's a beautiful way to be
1: I do think I don't know if I've mentioned this before I don't know if one can be in love if it's not reciprocated I think you can love someone but not I feel like to be in love means you are in love with someone Uh uh-huh like sure yeah anyway I've
0: never thought about it like that like the semantics of that but yeah I don't I don't think you're wrong
1: I've never been in love before now all at once it's
0: you February 6th moved to White Water House
1: <laughs> Okay so um we are rehearsing like I said in this the owner's dad's like spare house and now we are moving to I can't remember why I think his dad was coming home from his vacation or whatever the fuck it was oh, um and no. he was like okay here are your options so we had there's two places we live. One is the owner's apartment where Buster stays, and there's only room for one other person, so it's the owner and Buster. And then there's the other three of us, me, Chris, and Blanche, um, that we need a place. And so he's like, "We've got we got two spots available to us. One of them, the door doesn't really close, and it's like a little drafty. There's not like I was like, this is February in Wisconsin, by the way. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> and he's like, but it does have furniture. Or there's this like newer apartment complex, but there is no furniture." like uh, complete like a brand new unfurnished apartment um and so he just des- he let us decide which which of those would be more appropriate and the white water whatever it's called is the one we decided which is the no furniture i was I like i need my door to lock at least and i'll turn the heat on
0: truly wish that you would have taken that flight to disney
1: <laughs> i do too <laughs> not <laughs> this i mean this is how i see everything anytime i have like a pretty miserable experience like this the one safe and grace is that it's a story. I always like to be like, well, I have yeah. got a
0: story. You've got a lot of them because this is full fucking crazy. <laughs> February 6th. Oh, no, sorry. Still on February 6th. Uh, you said you had lunch with Buster and Blanche at a sushi place. House has no furniture and is very makeshift. We've covered that. Watched slash took notes on show number two. I'm a hunchback frowning face.
1: Oh, yeah. Sometimes when you watch yourself perform, you're like, is this what I look like? Mm -hmm. And my posture Uh is just atrocious. I'm like... Posture
0: wasn't great that show.
1: No, I felt so embarrassed. Like, it's what people are looking at. Yeah, you don't realize what you look like a lot of the time.
0: Oh, my God. I hate seeing... Yeah, it's... I used to hate hearing myself. I've gotten used to that. Do you think that people get used to watching themselves if they're, like, an actor and they're on screen a lot?
1: I don't know. You hear very often that... Maybe it's different for, like, movie stars, but um a lot of people will say they don't revisit their old shows like they never a lot of the Uh, friends cast like lisa kudor said she never watched the episodes um yeah uh, alana glazer just said that about broad city in an interview She was like i actually haven't gone back and seen it yeah
0: oh wow i mean that makes sense like why would you it's very very probably vulnerable and cringy and you're also thinking about the production of it all like you're not thinking about the final product yeah um will you listen to mbfj podcast when this is all over (laughs) I went back and listened to an episode recently, um, because I wanted to hear what we talked about. Um, and I was very entertained. It was like within the last 20 episodes, but it felt like brand new to me. We've had so many conversations (laughs) since then. Um, but yeah, the the friends reunion, I think it was must have been David Schwimmer. He said that he just recently his like teenage daughter or something was watching old episodes and so for the first time 20 years later he was watching the show and was like he I think he said like the plot was like new to him. Like he was surprised about what was going on. You know, you got that impression at least that he was like it felt like watching something new, which seems so crazy because we as fans of that show have seen those episodes 20 times a piece right. and know exactly what happens. And he w- was in them and forgot like major plot points. Anyway, February 7th day off. Can't remember much about what happened, but couldn't be much because we're in awful Wisconsin. Is that what I
1: wrote? <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> couldn't be much because we're in awful Wisconsin. Um, well, nothing to report on that day. Obviously, I, I've, I've uh, solidified my feelings on Wisconsin, but I do want to go back. Um, you said yesterday, I think we I had lunch with Blanche and Buster. I just want a sushi
0: restaurant. Yeah, yeah
1: I just want to point out. Um, I don't know if I ever write it down, but the hardest thing for me with Blanche was eating with her in public because she would literally keep the waiter at our table. And, you know, I have a very soft spot for waiters. Um, Mm -hmm. She would keep the waiter at our table and ask every question about every every item on the menu but not like what's in this mm-hmm. it was more like I, uh, do you prefer the the pancakes with the, the chocolate chips or with the double chocolate chips because and then she'd go into a story and be like um when i was a little girl my, my mom would make us pancakes but sometimes i get weird feelings about pancakes anyway so there's the fish as well and i just can't decide if i'm in like a fish mood or a pancake mood but i oh, don't know no. we are at a sushi no. place if you were at a thai place what would you like on and on and on, I'd watch the waitresses sweating. Honestly, I just started sweating thinking about it because your other
0: tables all need things. You ran over here to get a quick order and now you're five minutes behind. Like, it's
1: awful. Could not make up her mind. And sometimes we'd have like a half an hour to eat and we're going out with her. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't, we can't get our order in because this lady will not stop going over every single item and telling every anecdote she's ever had. And I, I she, yeah. Sounds like
0: a real fucking
1: peach. <laughs> it was a real, uh, I don't want to say slow burn because we felt it right away. But like, I know Chris specifically, like I never really said anything to her. I would just try and be polite and like get through. Sit but, there and simmer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chris one day blew up. He was like, i He like could not. I think it was at a restaurant when this kind of thing was happening.
0: Oh my God. I mean, that, I want to see that scene in a movie, you know, that, Mm -hmm. that's exactly what you want to see happen. But I mean, never would I ever actually have that conversation with someone. It was
1: like, you know what it was, this is illustrating her, um, she was just so unaware of anyone or anything else. It was, I mean, I've seen some, um, self-centered people, but it was like a hundred percent about her at all times. And it just, it permeated through everything she did. So I don't know. It becomes tough to spend 24-7 with those kind of people.
0: That is like a very wise slash perceptive way of of understanding what's going on here because I would think that person just clueless, has never been a waiter, whatever. No, that's actually a lack of empathy. That is a you don't understand that this person is doing a job that they have other places to be. You are, you have no respect for their time or, or that like, like your coworkers
1: or, want to eat before we have to go back to the show. Like, yeah, there is that, no that is no thought just, of anyone
0: else. That's incredibly self-centered. And I never have thought about it that way, but like, you know, I, as a waiter, you hate those those situations. And I have been at many meals where people are just like hemming and hawing. I always try to be as concise as possible. I do love to use a waiter as a tiebreak, but I'll say, like, it's narrowed down to these two things. Which would you pick? Yes. That I think is perfectly acceptable behavior. But like, hemming and hawing and keeping them there, if you're not ready to order, tell them that. They totally. have other shit they can be doing and they will come back, I promise.
1: No, she wanted the attention. Even if it was like a tiebreaker, she'd be like, is it this or that? The waiter would be like, it's this. And she'd be like, oh. Okay, because the thing about that was, and i like, why did you ask? Oh, no. Yeah, it was tough. Why did you ask, indeed? Yeah, and like, beyond, you know, restaurants, and this kind of it was just, it, it was literally everything she did. Like, if we had an hour to get ready in the morning, and she knows we all have an hour, she would take 59 minutes of it in the bathroom and leave us like one minute to split between the other two, and like, without a single thought. And if we were like, hey, would you mind giving us like 15 more minutes? She'd be like, well, the thing is, I have to do this, and, this. and I'm like, I, I don't know, man, and then get up a little earlier, or like, you can't. Uh huh. You just have to have some consideration for people outside yourself. She like it was a hundred percent about her.
0: There is a strong culture of privilege uh, with the debutante class, so it's not super surprising. Yeah, it was. It
1: was a challenge. It was a challenge
0: <laughs> to resist temptation. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> finishing February seventh, you said uh, watch Florence Foster Jenkins. So, little right. Meryl Streep mom. And speaking of resisting temptation, on February eighth, you don't. What <laughs> um, you wrote? <laughs> packed and left for Minnesota. Set well, so you're only in no furniture for a minute, right?
1: Yeah, it's our like home base when we're not
0: in hotels. Oh, you bounce back. Okay, yeah. gotcha. So you um, set up theater night before and stayed at rich people's house. Oh shit! Shared basement couch with Buster and jerked each other off. <laughs> Big dick.
1: <laughs> Oh, oh. <laughs> so big dick, am I calling myself a big dick or is it that he's got You know one? you're not. You know you're just commenting on his anatomy. Oh damn. Well that didn't last terribly long. Yeah, actually it kinda oh. did. Like we really we held off for we've had a lot of opportunities, but um, yeah, we're staying. Well, you've been cuddling
0: in, in the tour bus for two weeks, so you really just needed to get your fist around that big
1: ham hog. Okay. Um, <laughs> ham hog. What's I, a ham hog? I made that up. I. But I got it. I like understood what you meant. I just picked for like a real, real chonky pig. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> so this rich house, we're staying with like, we're performing on yeah, a rich house. Yeah, that's what high.
0: the people want to hear about <laughs> <is> the- <laughs> real estate
1: no 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 i'm just saying that we have been staying in squalor basically and uh-huh. so it is maybe that was part of the um you know setting the setting the mood for the evening Set the we mood. finally yeah. have somewhere comfortable it's warm there's like a nice place yeah, to sleep You're no
0: longer a squatter on yes. the yes
1: <laughs> and we have we have like a private space it's just the two of us which i don't think we've had much of i guess mm-hmm. maybe one night in a hotel anyway just after all the anticipation and finally a little bit of comfort, it just kind of happened. Um, yeah, I mean, at least it was just jerking each other off. That's not cheating, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not cheating if you don't kiss. I You had to have at least been making out, yeah? Uh, I don't know. God, I hope so. Like a dry hand job with no other contact seems not terribly
1: romantic. Um, Yeah, I, I don't know the answer to that. I don't. I I want to say no. I feel like that was... Like, his line, maybe. I don't... But you're right. We right. must... No. We did... I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Okay. All right. I bet we could call his boyfriend and find out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, remember that time that your boyfriend was on tour and he was jerking out without a guy in the basement? Did they make out? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I'm a fucking asshole. Uh, but you know what? I, right. I mean, there's no defending it. An asshole's an asshole. But I will just try and help uh, cushion my assholery by saying I obviously have, like, really, really strong feelings. And sometimes it's hard to... To fight those off <laughs> cushion my
0: assholery <laughs> I just think a tiny asshole cushion <laughs> all right listen um asshole cushions and hand jobs that's like a perfect time to end this episode <laughs> um all right well i can't wait to see how things develop with buster next week but until then mike let's wrap it up did we hear from any listeners this week
1: well firstly i would like to report that this gentleman who's been going through the back catalog um and every now and then updating us with his progress <laughs> left left us a note that really made me chuckle this week says I don't know if this is a good or bad thing but my tiny butthole has been the punchline of this long weekend been said like 90 times tonight and I've shared episode 72 at the 728 mark to like 15 people god bless sis (laughs) that's good to know I couldn't have pointed out where it is Uh, episode 72 it's 100% a good thing Uh, tiny
0: butthole what what is the 72 is that the super cut of all the tiny buttholes One. It's a little like my butthole. (laughs) Two. It's tiny like my butthole. Um, Three. Blow
1: my tiny butthole. (laughs) Four. A tiny butthole. (laughs) Four tiny buttholes. (laughs) And also, I've got a review here I'd love to share. This is from Ferris3556. Listening to this podcast feels like you're right in the middle of the best kiki session ever. Let's have a kiki. Lock the doors tight. Cam and Mike are so funny. I love how easily they can pick up on each other's inside jokes to either finishing the other sentence or breaking out into a sporadic song. I binged a huge portion... Finishing each other off. But no kissing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I binged a huge portion of this podcast while I was furloughed from my work and they never failed to make me laugh or cheer me up with their conversations. Keep up the great work. I can't wait to see how the rest of the journal unfolds. Love you, boys. Um, Love, Sarah. P.S. A Diva's Christmas Carol is an excellent... Parentheses, terrible... (laughs) holiday movie and I'm dying to know if Cam ever watched it and what his thoughts were Cam, did you ever watch I never it? never
0: did oh, No, Cam. maybe we should make that part of this this upcoming Christmases special We can do a Divas Christmas Carol review podcast. Just a
1: live reaction podcast to it, unedited oh, <laughs> full yikes. two and a half hours with commercials
0: uh, <laughs> 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 All the commercials are for like you know, anti-depression medicines and incontinence pads Lifetime, <laughs> have a, a hard time selling good ad space <laughs> Yikes, Ola. Um, all right. That is going to do it for this week's Summer Hours. And because it's Summer Hours, I'm not going to tell you where you can find us online. You know what? Figure it out. <laughs> we got places to be. Until next time, Mikey, always remember... It's
1: not cheating if it's just a hand job, Right?
0: <laughs> that really depends on who you
1: ask. Depends. <laughs> Don't be a ham hog. Be a queen. (laughs) (laughs) Ham hog is not a thing.